Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. In today's episode of our podcast, I'm going to take us on a journey on dream interpretation. And yes, this podcast stands alone, but it also does build on the one from the week before on your dream inheritance. So if you're new to uh, these podcasts, you must realize that some of these are just fully, they stand alone, and then other ones are kind of like a series. So uh, welcome to today's podcast And I'm James Gall, and it is just an absolute delight to be able to come into your home. Today's broadcast is on dream interpretation. And I have a theme scripture. It's very simple. It's from the life of Joseph. Did you remember that Joseph was a dreamer? But do you remember some of you out there that's read the Bible, especially the book of Genesis? Hmm, I wonder if he needed a little extra wisdom in the early part of his life in how to handle his revelation, let alone who was he supposed to share his interpretations with? Well, that's a big subject now, isn't it? So the theme verse is Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. Then they said to him, We have had a dream, and there is no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell it to me, please. Wow, I think that's stunning. That is not being proud. That's being God-confident. That's not being actually self-confident in a wrong way. That is absolute dependency on God. But look at this. Do not interpretations belong to God. The way that I have framed this for years, it's a real simple equation. It goes like this. The God who's the author of the dream is also the author of the interpretation of the dream. And so some of your dreams came, why? Because you prayed, because you sought God. And some of them came just because you were in a great place of need, and God came through because he is such a great, loving father. So the theme verse for us today on dream interpretation comes from Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. 
where it says, Joseph then said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do declare into your hearing and into your throne room the God of revelation is also the God of wisdom interpretation. And we ask right now for your help in today's session and in our lives that we might wisely interpret and we might also bring wisdom applications to this dimension of one of the great ways that God speaks. Amen. Wow. So I have written a book called Dream Language. I read actually 110 books on dreams. Now, I didn't actually read all of them. I scanned or read. I actually, I'm not fudging, folks. I have over 110 books on dreams. And so not only that, but I actually read all 300 verses in the Bible on dreams and visions over three different decades. So I could probably add a fourth decade into it now. But I gave myself, because the Bible says study to show yourself approved, a workman unto God. And this is an area that I just hungered to learn. And so last time in the Your Dream Inheritance, I told us about a dream I had had where a seer prophet named John Paul Jackson appeared to me, and in the dream, he was two or three times the size they normally was, and he seemed like a giant of a man, and he pointed his finger like a prophet does, and he said to me, you will receive a master's degree in dream language. And you will receive a master's degree in communications and interpreter of speech. So since I had that dream, I have been seeking God, studying, learning from others about the subject of dream interpretation. Well, instead of giving you examples, I'm going to actually teach more in this podcast. First, let's just talk a little bit about what language do you speak? <laughs> what? Yeah, hang in there. You'll get it. What language do you speak? Have you learned your spiritual alphabet yet? Your spiritual alphabet is unique to you. God will speak revelation to you according to the language you speak. Doctors, nurses, and other medical and health professionals, they have a very distinct language that they use. And for some of us laymen, it is a language that's a foreign tongue to us. It's all their own. Or how about a technical vocabulary that untrained lay people just cannot understand? Music has a written language that is incomprehensible to anyone who has never been taught to read the symbols. Did you get that? But if you're trained in music, 
you understand what that sharp is or what that flat is or that staff or times, signatures, a repeat signal. You see, every profession has a unique language, and every individual has a Holy Spirit personalized vocabulary. Now, I know not everybody teaches it this way. I know it's true. In scriptures, there are very uh, good guidelines, and the color blue means often um, heaven or the prophetic or promises, um, things of that nature. And red, obviously, the blood of Jesus, or maybe war even. Just like a dog, okay, follow with me here, a dog can be man's best friend. But you have to, at times, in interpreting Revelation, you've got to also sense what is the emotion that is in, like, the dream. Because the emotion that is in the dream will be one of the key characteristics to help you to properly interpret the dog. Is it man's best friend? Was it happy? Was, was Did you feel good? Or was it barking? Was it a warning, a watchdog, see? And there, that could be more of a spiritual warfare dream to make you wake up, to be alert. So a dog can be interpreted, I'm just using that as one example, in more than one way. And especially if your dog from your childhood appears in your dream. If your dog from your childhood appeared in my dream, it's just another dog. But if my doggy, Skipper, that slept with me every night under the covers and went and slept down at my feet, if my little skipper showed up in my dream, that's going to mean something to me, and it ain't going to mean a thing to you. So that's, I'm just trying to give us an illustration to help us understand that we each have personal symbols. And yet, in Scripture, numbers, hmm, three, trinity, or five, is often interpreted grace. Or seven, on the sixth day man was created. Six is the number of man. Seven, God was so absolutely wore out from the six days of creation, not, that on the seventh day, what happened? It was a day of rest. Seven is a number of completion. All things are perfect and complete. How about the number nine, just for a moment? See what language do you speak? There's biblical language, and then there is colloquialisms. Then there is personal symbols, and they are your personal alphabet. And it's just the way it works. I think it's pretty awesome, actually. So what language do you speak? Whatever your language is, the Holy Spirit will speak to you in that language. Of course, I'm not talking so much about literal languages like English, French, German, Russian, Spanish, as I am the language which, with which we interpret life. 
because each of us has different life experiences, the language by which we receive and impart revelation will be distinct to each of us. We each have a personal walk and, in a sense, a personal talk. So our spiritual alphabet, though similar, is unique to each individual. Wow. Well, let me give you three little pointers on, again, this subject of what language do you speak. Number one, study the interpretation of words and symbols by researching their meaning as recorded in Scripture first and other historical literature. Find out how biblical characters and other figures from the past interpreted these words. Then, number two, develop a habit of journaling. Journaling for interpreting dreams is going to be one of your greatest keys. Develop a habit of journaling. Effective interpretation is a skill that is learned over time and with experience. And then three, welcome the anointing, the gifting, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is the author of truth, and he will guide you into all the truth. Isn't that just wonderful? Three little simple things. One, study the interpretation of words and symbols by researching their meaning in the Bible. Two, develop a habit of journaling. Three, welcome the anointing. You see, for me, when I interpret dreams or visions, sometimes I have an instant knowing, and I just know, and I just I just know. But I've also prayed for years to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ rest upon my life. I believe that that is upon me. It's part of my calling. It can be a part of your calling, too, by the way. See, but I don't know your alphabet. You do. I know mine. I knew my late wife's. She used to have dreams about her farmhouse that she grew up in. And she had three brothers, all biblical names, John, David, and Paul. And they had different bedrooms, and her name was Michael, Michael, Michael Ann, King David's first wife. And so even in the farmhouse, what activity took place in what bedroom also drew upon biblical characters of John, invitation to intimacy, David, a psalmist, a singer, or Paul, about an apostle with teaching and a builder. So, but I wouldn't understand her farmhouse, but she did. And God's going to help you, and I'm going to stop and pray right now, right now. God is going to help you, and we ask together for the Lord of Revelation to open up our personal dream stream so we can get in the flow of the river and we can be carried into a safe harbor for Jesus' sake. Well, that's just a little bit on what language does you, do you speak. And then I want to talk with you just briefly about three realms of interpretation of symbols. You see, sometimes people get the concept that there's only one proper way of interpreting scriptures. 
I mean, interpreting scriptures. Hey, that was a stumble, and let me work with that because of what I just did. Some of us think that there's only one right way of interpreting dreams, but it's like interpreting scripture. There is the proper historical, contextual interpretation of the word, what it meant to the people at that time. There is also where we derive the lessons that were being taught into society and into today. And then there's where the Holy Spirit randomly, as it were, lands on a verse, and it becomes highlighted, the logos, the written, all of a sudden becomes quickened by the Holy Spirit, and it becomes a rhema, revelatory word, and it speaks to us. And now that means something so personal, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ, and something gets like lit up inside of us, and it's called faith, because the Holy Spirit has spoken and illuminated a portion of the word. Dreams are just like that. Just as there's more than one way of interpreting the literal word of God, there is also more than one level of interpreting the same dream. So first of all, when seeking interpretation of symbolic dream language, the first place that we should always look is, number one, in Scripture. The Bible is full of what? parables. Jesus taught in parables, but the parables had to be what? Interpreted. That's why in public, he would teach parables. Then he would do what? Take his disciples aside and disclose to them the interpretation of the parables. Folks, that's a key for us. He gives veiled language to everyone, but to those who will take the time to turn aside to be with him, he will reveal the understanding of the parable. So, first of all, in seeking interpretation of a symbolic dream language, the first place is always to look in Scripture, because and then the Bible's full of parables and allegories from which to draw types, shadows, and symbols. How about just um, like uh, the word seed? Well, how about this? There's the mustard seed, but that's a metaphor for faith. Or um, incense. Really? Incense? You think like burning that perfumey, smelly stuff is like okay, or it's Hey, it's in the Bible. Do you know that the Bible interprets itself? And it says that incense is the prayers of the saints. Seed is a symbol of the Word of God. Candlesticks can symbolize the church. So we first go to the Word of God for interpretation. After Scripture, a second place to look for interpretation of a dream symbols is in colloquial expressions that fill our memory bank. The Holy Spirit turns these pictorial language. God takes sayings and idioms, and he uses them to speak spiritual truth. Judges chapter 7, Gideon, a barley loaf of bread shows up. 
doesn't make any sense to me. Dude, if I saw a loaf of barley bread, I would be thinking, man, I got to go to Whole Foods. Or I was like, oh, God's talking to me about my diet, my regimen. I need to eat organic or something, which would be probably a pretty good interpretation to do, by the way. But a barley loaf was a, a barley cake, appears to Gideon in a dream. And, but it was a part of his life language. He worked in a field, and he was a thresher of wheat and barley. And so the Holy Spirit was using a colloquial spiritual alphabet symbol that was distinct in the meaning to Gideon. A third realm for interpreting dream symbols comes from our own, as I've already talked about, personal revelatory alphabet. This is similar to the second realm in that the objects or symbols do not mean the same thing to you as they would to someone else. And so, but let me make sure that we know this. These exceptions, however, do never, they do not violate the law of first use. Oh, just as there is in the Bible, the law of first use. When the Bible speaks something the first time, in that seed of first mention is a true essence. And that then will be carried throughout the entire 66 books of the Bible. Well, anyway, so that's some teaching a little bit. What do uh, what language do you speak? And even realize there, you know, Russian language is actually a mixing together of different symbols. To where English, it's all like one alphabet, but in Russian, it'll have a little bit of Greek symbols and a little bit maybe of Latin and whatever, and it's all kind of like mixed together. And it's like, huh? To them, they get it. To me, it's like, wow, that looks jumbled, and so. It is with the Holy Spirit. He is personal, and he wants to help us not only have a dream inheritance, but how to steward and properly interpret Revelation. Well, let's go to some uh, questions uh, for a moment. Hey, by the way, I hope that that was helpful. I just grazed the surface. And if you'd like to get hold of us and get hold of me, you could send an email to me and say, hey, I'd like to learn some more about that. Oh, and I would just love to hear from you. That would be wonderful. And you could go visit my website at jamesgall.com. Okay. But let me give you now uh, some questions that's come in from social media. So, Share asked this, what does it mean when you dream of dead loved ones? Whoa, wow, that one is really good. It's very important because does that mean that you have violated the Bible and you are now conjuring up the spirit of a dead person and because we are not supposed to seek counsel from anyone other than God. Huh. Because we got to understand the parameters of the word. But what does it mean when you dream of dead loved ones? It can mean a lot of things. 
So even just a person who appears in the dream, I appear, let's just say, in different people's dreams. But it's what symbol do, like say, what do I mean? I might be a teacher to some. I might be a friend. I'm actually a father to only four. But for some, if I appeared in a dream, I might be a spiritual father in prayer, the prophetic, things of this nature. Now, but people who have passed on, they are a part of the great cloud of witnesses if they are believers. I know one time I had an encounter where I had a flying dream, which would be one of the top uh, 20 different categories of dreams, flying dreams. And I was hovering through the air and flying, and, and I came in, as it seemed as though, like into heaven, and I saw a mansion, because we each have one, according to John chapter 14. And I appeared, and I looked in, and there was one of my people that meant the most to me in growing up. It was my Aunt May. She loved flowers in the natural, and she was out in the flower field. And she looks right up at me, and I heard a word that was using her voice. Did I encounter her? I symbolically encountered her. It's what is the message is the primary issue, Cher. What does it mean when you dream of dead loved ones? So I saw my Aunt May. Did I own? Is it visual or actual? The main thing that's important is what's the message? She looked up at me and she said, do what matters. I wake up from the dream, and I just knew that I was seeking God in a, God of trans- in a time of transition, that God was really going to direct me. And what I needed to do was be wise to do what matters. So I just want to encourage you that God has the great cloud of witnesses. He will use people to speak to you from out of that vocabulary. You're not seeking them for counsel. And But I also want you to understand this, that in Christ, we yet live. There are no dead people in heaven, folks. There's only life in heaven. And so Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so when we are in him, we yet live. So God might use your grandfather to, as a symbol, to speak to you wisdom. He might use the grandfather to be a reference for you of God the Father. So you know what? I can't fully answer your question, Cher, about a dream of dead loved ones, because, you know, some of it depends on the context. Well, let's look at another one that's come in from Jacqueline and Rebecca. How do you understand what different people mean in your dreams? Now, I already kind of alluded to that earlier, and it is, how do you understand what different people mean in your dreams? So, first of all, what is your relationship to that person? That will help you interpret the dream. Um, Because my earthly father, you're not going to have a clue who that is. But if I have a dream with my earthly father, is it about my father? You know what? 
my earthly father becomes a symbol of God the Father. But another way that you work with this is, what's the name of the person? What's the name of the person? Is the name Catherine? Is the name David? Is the name Wayne? Wayne means wagon builder or burden bearer. So you interpret according to the relationship that that person has with you or has had with you. Second, it is you interpret that then from the meaning of the name of the person. A third way, again, interpreting on people who appear in your dreams is that anointing of the Holy Spirit. He simply lets you know, go, oh, 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 I think, oh, I get it. That's what that is. So again, thank you, uh, Jacqueline and Rebecca, because these are like uh, really important questions to ask. I do address these and many other things thoroughly in my book, Dream Language. Well, Casey asked a question about vehicles. Well, what are vehicles in dreams? Well, you know, some things, again, are in the Bible. Some things aren't. As far as I know, airplanes are not in the Bible. Buses are not in the Bible. A bicycle's not in the Bible. And a sports car, I know, is not in the Bible. A helicopter? Huh. A jet? A rocket? A locomotive train? Or how about a little beetle bug of a car. Often, vehicles are used to interpret the translocal type of ministry, the vehicle that's going to be used to carry you from one place to the next. And in your life's journey, your dreams with vehicles is going to change. Because sometimes you might be on an airplane and you're going to rise far above the powers and principalities, and you're going to soar with Christ in the heavenly places. Some of you often will have dreams of vans, V-A-N-S, you know? And what's that? A van is often a conversion van. They are family vehicles. And so, And if it is a sports car, that's going to be about acceleration. And God's going to put you in a vehicle, and it's going to be time to off to the races. Let's go. It's time to take off. So vehicles are often interpreted as our means of transportation, our tool of ministry that sometimes is just chugging along and then other times takes off and breaks even the sound barrier. Well, these are a few things for us in this podcast today on dream interpretation. I want to encourage every single one of you on this subject, on this point that we started off with, Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. Do not interpretations belong to God. So Casey, Jackal, Jacqueline and Rebecca and Cher, and I didn't get to yours, Lemuel, but out there, every single one of you, God wants to increase the spirit of revelation on your life, but he also wants you to come into the throne room and ask for his help, because he's not only, you've got it by this time, 
the author of Revelation. He's also the author of Wisdom Interpretation of the Dreams, Visions, and Revelations that he's granted. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.